Welcome to Adventures in Business. This is a show where we have thought-provoking conversations with founders, CEOs, and business leaders of various industries to learn about their stumps, falls, trials, tribulations, and successes on how they manage the current business environment. Join our hosts, Mandy Graziano and Amani Roberts, as we chat with our next guest. Welcome back. Here we are, Adventures in Business. We had our fancy debut of our trailer. That looks good. So shout out to Corbin for doing the trailer. Well done. Thank you, uh, Corbin. There you go. Uh, Jeff, we see you there. Thank you for commenting, Jeff. Good. Thank you for joining us. We're here, February 6th. We have another exciting episode. What's going on? Anything new going on with you, Mandy? Man, I watched the Grammys last night. Did you watch the Grammys? I have to catch some parts of it on on repeat because I was streaming, so I missed some of it. Oh, but the hip hop, the hip hop tribute. Oh, I could not stop singing. It was spectacular. <laughs> and I also love, you know, like, I don't know, do you do this or not? Whenever I see a award show, I'm always looking at it from a live event standpoint and the production value and how they're interacting. And so I, my, I had a couple takeaways from it. One of them was that they really made it personal. You know, like Adele, they said they found out that Adele loved The Rock and they had The Rock present for her and come out. And okay. <laughs> I, I think like my takeaways are like, how can you make it personal for your attendees? How can you make it deeply personal for your employees? Like, I really appreciate how they did that. And then I liked how Trevor Noah, he's in the audience a lot more than normal yes. hosts. I thought that was really interactive. And then when uh, Bad Bunny opened up, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, an opening session yeah. for any event right a general session or whatever to have live dancers that actually instruct people on how to do the mamba i thought that was awesome yeah. so i am Very looking cool. at it from like oh i'm here with my parents watching the grammys loving it but then i was also looking at it from the perspective of like how do we incorporate that into our our world you know yeah yeah what Great about you away. yeah I like what about it. you uh, what's new for me? You know, I had a pretty chill weekend, nothing too crazy. I think the how of the weekend is that, you know, for the first time I've ordered a pair of Crocs. So the Crocs arrives. Oh so boy. Oh boy. You've crossed over. This weekend. Money, you crossed over. What color? What color? Yes. Are they? Orange, bright orange. So I love wow. it. Yeah. Yeah. So love that's it. good. Dean LeBay. Hello. Welcome in. Um, so that's, that's, that's the highlight. I'm super excited. We get to talk today to Sean. Uh, why don't you maybe introduce Sean by telling us something fun or funny about Sean, just to kind of, you know, give us some levity as we get into the interview. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I think, okay, something fun, funny. I don't know, something fun or funny, but Sean knows a lot about Bulgaria and he did once travel to Bulgaria very recently with a grill, with his very own grill and the grill took a journey of its own from the united states california to there but i mean i think if you think about sean you think about our guest he's building the amazon of prime in the barbecue space he preaches smartphone storytelling he believes that a rising um, tide lifts all ships he yes. hosts four amazing podcasts and he travels with his family he calls it the uh the wolf pack, the wall chef wolf pack. So I, he could tell us more about it, but yes, we are so honored to have Sean Walshef on the show today. Awesome. So we'll welcome you to the show. We'll give you a round of applause there. So nice little <laughs> round of applause. And uh, 
just welcome. We're happy to have you. We're excited to learn from you. Um, maybe the first question you can answer for us is what's your definition of smartphone storytelling? I'm really intrigued. <laughs> smartphone storytelling. Thank you for the question. Thanks for having me on the show. And anybody that's listening, I hope that I can make you uncomfortable. Um, that is my goal is to really understand where I've been as a small business owner opening up in 2008. And now where we are in 2023, as Mandy said, we have four podcasts. Our website is calibbq.media. We truly believe that everyone that's listening is their own media company. Um, no one's coming to tell your story. I think that was my aha moment and understanding where we were with the internet, understanding where we were with web 2.0, understanding that all these apps that we take for granted on our phone, subjectively, we have feelings about Facebook. When I say Facebook, when I say Twitter, when I say podcast, when I say LinkedIn, people start to think of certain things, yet we're all on these platforms consuming every single day. Not just myself, but my wife is, my son who's five, my daughter who's three. Um, this is the world that we live in. My team at Cali Barbecue, we are all on our smartphones consuming content. My goal for anybody that's listening is to understand that you matter. Your voice matters, your story matters, and you've never had the technology that you have now with that smartphone. It doesn't have to be an iPhone. It can be an Android. All you need to do is have the courage to be uncomfortable and to publish content. Because if you publish content, now the game changes. Everything changes. You don't have to be the social media manager for your company to have permission to publish. You can be in sales, you can be in marketing, you can be a founder. I talk to small business owners every single day. I talk to Fortune 500 companies, to their chief marketing officers, to their CEOs. The message is all the same. Smartphone storytelling is the answer to all of the things that we want to do and accomplish. I know that my problems that I have in my barbecue restaurant in San Diego, we're lucky to have five locations, been in business for 15 years. I know that the problems that I have are the same as the person that I talked to this morning, a tech founder in Vienna, Australia, he has a vegan restaurant called Tolstoy in Vienna. Him and I connected because of smartphone storytelling, because I have the courage to go on podcasts like this, live shows like this. And he goes, I want to have a, a connection with this guy. Him and I talked about the problems that he has in Vienna. And guess what? They're the same problems that I have here in San Diego. Understanding this digital hospitality world that we live in the more that we have the courage to be producers and not just consumers, that's when the game changes and smartphone storytelling is the answer. Wabam! That was Boom. great. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I, 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 I want to go back on that though, because Sean, like where you are today is so different than where you were 15 years ago for most of us too. But I think the lessons that you could share with our listeners and our watchers are really valuable. So could you just share a little bit about Share a little bit about the location of your restaurant, how you kept trying to get media, you kept trying to get attention, and then how one day this smartphone storytelling clicked for you and how it's just really just blown up and grown your business. Can you kind of share that journey with us? Yeah. I mean, you know, when I opened with uh, one of my best friends from college, Corey Robinson, in 2008, we opened in a very difficult location at a very difficult time in a very difficult industry. I had very smart people that were close to me, that were successful, that said, you're crazy. Location, location, location. This is a terrible location. This is a terrible time. And you're getting into the restaurant business. And yet we went forward. We opened in 2008 and we struggled. We struggled for four years trying to pay our bills, trying to pay our payroll, trying to figure out how to run a profitable restaurant. And the evolution of our brand was 
being a breakfast restaurant, adding dinner, adding a sports bar, and then pivoting into barbecue. Barbecue really was a point of differentiation that allowed us to go, well, on the West Coast here in San Diego, doing craft barbecue is unique. Nobody's doing it. If we can do it really well, um, then we'd have a reason for 3.3 million people in San Diego to drive across the county to our bad location. So I literally spent all that time trying to figure out marketing, trying to figure out branding, trying to figure out how to make great barbecue, how to make great hospitality. And after five years, we finally had a profitable business. We finally had staff that were taking care of serving great brisket. We had made terrible brisket. Now we were making great biscuit. We were making great ribs. And I was like, okay, now's the time. This is when the, the press is going to come. Local media is going to come to our shop and they're going to go, hey, Sean, you know, congratulations. Let's put you on TV. Let's put you on radio. Let's put you in magazines. Well, guess what? No one came. Troy Johnson never showed up. Troy Johnson did not. He did recently. He did yeah, recently. Good. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> he did recently. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it goes for any small business owner, anyone that's trying to accomplish anything. We think that if we're so good, they can't ignore us. Any creative, if you're an artist, if you're a musician, if you're an athlete, you expect that if I'm great on the field, if I'm great in football, somebody's going to discover me. If I'm a great musician, someone's going to discover me. Someone's going to sign me. If I'm an artist, someone's going to go, oh, I need your, your painting in my museum. Well, unfortunately, the world doesn't work like that. Mm. And we're at a place where the internet's at our fingertips. It's up to us to have the courage to be our own representation. We can't just be the talent anymore. We can't just be the entrepreneur. We have to learn the media side. We have to learn the storytelling side. We have to learn the publishing side. And the only way to learn is to be uncomfortable and to make a bunch of bad videos make a bunch of bad podcasts, make a bunch of bad writing blog posts. All of these things, all of the things that we do and the things that I talk about are, are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing to do what other people are unwilling to do? Because if you are, then all of a sudden in your DMs aren't going to be people reaching out for sales, but they're going to be collaboration opportunities. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a reverse funnel where all of the leads, all of those qualified leads that you're looking for, all of a sudden they're like, I saw your video. Can you tell me more? What are you doing? How are you doing it? Because this whole world, we're all connected by the internet. Awesome. I want to continue with, um, I want to get some specifics and then we're going to come back out to a more macro level. When you're looking at smartphone storytelling, <clears throat> what are your favorite apps to use? And what's a newer app that we should keep our eye on moving into 2023? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to give you the answer. The best <laughs> app. So everybody who's watching, anyone who's listening, this is the most important app that you have to write down. It is, drum roll, the camera app. The camera <laughs> app is the most important app that is on every single smartphone. Why is the camera app important? Because not only does it take photos, it does what the internet wants at scale right now. It's video, short form video. Video will give you a photo. Video will give you audio. Video will give you, you can transcribe it and get written word. Video is the answer to the internet. That's why Instagram Reels, they put so much focus on video. That's why TikTok's so popular. That's why YouTube Shorts is a thing. That's why Facebook Reels is a thing. Video is what the internet wants. Anyone that's a podcaster, if you're listening and you're not doing video, you have to add video as a component. YouTube is one of the biggest, if not the biggest platforms for video but people are listening to podcasts. 
we can't discriminate how people get our content. It goes back to the same thing that we feel about barbecue. We can't discriminate how people get our barbecue. We can't force people to drive all over San Diego County for 45 minutes to wait in line for an hour to get barbecue. We are now opening up small locations to get more barbecue to more people. We need to get more stories to more people by being on as many platforms as possible. Mm. And then the follow-up to that is how do you advise people to get through the discomfort of appearing on camera? That seems to be the one thing that holds people back is, ah, I hate the way my voice sounds, or ah, I don't like the way I look on camera. What advice do you have for people who are out there that listen to you like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, Sean, but I don't like the way I look or I sound on camera or video. Uh, my advice is anybody that you follow, whoever you follow, whoever you admire in your industry, whoever you respect, and you, when you see their content, you're excited, you wanna share it, you wanna save it, you wanna learn from it, go back on their feed to the first post that they made. Mm. Go back to the first post they made. I guarantee you it looks nothing like it looks now. Mm -hmm. Your favorite creator, your favorite entrepreneur, they've all failed. They're just willing to fail faster and fail more and fail for longer. Because yeah. the answer to the internet is we all want to put out quality content. That is our ego getting in the way of what we think we want our business to look like, what we think our personal brand should look like on, on the internet. The problem is quality doesn't happen with your first post, doesn't happen with your second, doesn't happen with your hundredth post. Quality takes time. The answer to the internet, the answer that I tell people all the time, it's quantity plus speed plus consistency equals quality. We want quality first. But it doesn't happen until you put out a lot of bad videos, a lot of bad podcasts, a lot of bad blogs, until you're willing to try on all these different platforms and then look back at the data and go, well, what worked? What do I like? But the problem is we let our ego get in the way and we go, well, nobody listened to my video. No one engaged. No, there were no viewers. I have no subscribers. You've got to get over that. Who cares? It's a blank canvas. Are your friends going to make fun of you? 100%. Your friends will make fun of you the first time that you do a selfie video where you start talking to the camera. You go, hey, I'm Sean. I'm going to do barbecue. Come down to my barbecue restaurant or I'm opening up my toast equipment, which is our point of sale technology. The first time that you do that, people that follow you, they're going to go, who do you think you are? You think you're a YouTube <laughs> in Instagrammer? You think you're yeah. some influencer? Mm -hmm. And they're going to make fun of you. But that's their insecurities. Because yes. those same people that make fun of you now in three years, after you've been making content for three years, they're gonna go, hey, Amani, I see what you're doing with the podcast. I see what you're doing on LinkedIn Live. I think maybe I should do it for my business. Oh, why? Because the internet's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> None of this stuff is changing. It's yeah. only getting more complicated. And the only way you learn is by being uncomfortable. Yes. What's the, what's the quote where they say, I have to look it up, I'll look it up, but it's talking about how you have to be in the arena. Like don't listen to anyone else, besides people who are in the arena with you is kind of what you were referring to exactly mm -hmm. there. Yep. I'm going to look up the quote. I'm going to turn it to Mandy while I look up the quote. <laughs> well, I, I want to make a quick comment and then I have a question. You know, I, I experience this a lot too, where I, and you know, Sean, I agree with you hundred percent, you know, I, and I believe you have to, people want to see your most authentic self. And sometimes your most authentic self is a really crappy video, but at yeah. least you're making a crappy, a crappy video is better than no video. So I totally am on that train with you hundred percent. What do you say? So I have two, I lied. I have two questions. The first question is like, what do you say to 
the marketing departments and the CMOs out there who are insane. And I know a lot of them too. And I used to be one of them. I'm not this person anymore, but who say like, it has to be perfectly branded. It has to have our right PMS colors. It has to have the right talking point where they are so in their own way that they can't get out of it. And as a result, they're just not engaging with where people are at. Like, what do you say to that person who's really stuck in that rigid lane? How do you get that CMO, that, you know, marketing specialist out of that mindset? It's a great question. I think the easiest way to answer it is, do you watch commercials? Like, do you enjoy watching commercials? And I'm not yeah. talking about the Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. I'm talking about when you go home and you record content or you watch live TV, do you enjoy watching commercials? Because mm -hmm. if you do, then you're part of the sick percent that is a creative that likes advertising that wants to know what are they doing. But <laughs> chances are you're not getting discovery through those commercials. Mm -hmm. The answer is be the show, not the commercial. My yeah. five-year-old son and my three-year-old daughter, they know how to hit skip on YouTube when their content gets interrupted. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see a commercial. Like they have no desire. I have no desire to waste my time. I like watching commercials from the advertising standpoint, from the creative standpoint, what are they doing? Cause they're spending an ungodly amount of money on these commercials. But so many times we want to have a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Like when someone comes to our Instagram page, what is this going to look like for my restaurant? And if you have multiple restaurants, it's even harder to get somebody to truly post content of what's happening in the restaurant. You know, the brands that I admire the most, when you talk about authentic self, it's your digital heartbeat. If I go onto your Instagram, if I go onto your TikTok, if I go onto your Facebook, if I go onto your website, is it up to date? When was the last time you posted something? Because mm -hmm. that's going to tell me everything I need to know about how much you care digitally, as well as you care about your physical store. Mm -hmm. So much of what people do is worrying about putting on a fake photo, like a fake picture. I mean, think about all of the restaurants, the McDonald's, the Burger Kings, the you name it, somebody that spends tens of millions of dollars on these commercials. That's not what the hamburger looks like when you go to the shop. We know mm -hmm. that. Yeah. It doesn't look like that. Yeah. Stock images be gone. Yeah. Stock yeah. images definitely be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Good job there. So I got a shout out. Uh, Hildy is in the audience. So thank oh, you for Hildy's in the house. Hey, Hildy. Yes. We love Hildy. Yes. Um, yes. Go ahead, Manny. Well, so I kind of want to switch gears for a second because something that you do, I really admire you. And I know, I think Amani and I have the same mental philosophy is like, you make space for yourself. Like in the, in the midst of being a parent and a husband and running four podcasts and two masterminds and five businesses, you still somehow manage to make time for yourself. So can you just share a little bit about your philosophy of self-care and your sunrise gratitude. Share a little bit about that and how that plays into your overall success as a human. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, in the hospitality space, it's something that I don't think is talked about enough. Um, and I'm trying to have a more, uh, a more thoughtful conversation around self-care, uh, understanding that I remember when I was 26 years old, I went to my first therapist and in that therapy session, I was explaining all the things that I was doing for my grandfather. I was the trustee of his estate. I was taking care of my mom, my uncles, my brothers, my cousins, and trying to open up the restaurant. And my brother was going through some difficult times. And I was telling all this stuff to my therapist. And she said, Sean, you know, when you, uh, 
when you travel on an airplane and they're going through the safety instructions and they say um, these safety instructions are when the air oxygen mask comes down, what are you supposed to do if you're traveling with uh, with children? And I said, you know, take care of the kids. No, you're supposed to take that oxygen mask and put it over yourself first. Because if you don't have air, you're worthless to everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll always remember that because I didn't have a wife and I didn't have kids at the time. And yet that was such a powerful analogy of understanding, like, I'm responsible for me. So if I'm burning the candle on both ends, especially in the hospitality space, staying up late and working seven days a week and 14 hour shifts, how am I supposed to be good to my team? How am I supposed to be good as a husband? How am I supposed to be good as a father? How am I supposed to be good as a friend? I can't be because I'm burnt out, you know, and it was a big revelation for me as somebody that, you know, always, I have this Mamba mentality raised by my Bulgarian grandfather of understanding that hard work is, is the answer and the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential, but also understanding if I don't take care of myself, if I don't have a daily practice of focusing on what makes me better in mind, body, and spirit, um, then I'll fail. And, you know, about three years ago, I started my sunrise gratitude practice where I'm up before sunrise. I'm up before 4 a.m. I spend time reading um, because that's the time where I can actually proactively take care of the things that I can do to level up my brain and my philosophy. I spend time exercising, sweating, actually doing some good sweating. And then I spend time going outside. And that going outside is time that I get to listen to my music and be with my thoughts. And when I get back home and my wife wakes up and my kids wake up, then I can start my day. But that's my time. That's my protected three hours of time that I have every single day that allows me to be a better leader. Now, what happens when you don't do I mean, I know what happens to me when I'm off sketch. Like, what happens to you? Like, what's the what's what happens in your world and how many well, days can you go without it? I, I, I try to, if I miss a day and when I'm traveling, I try to do sunset gratitude. So I always try to take time um, to be adjustable because life happens and I can't expect, you know, I can't beat myself up if I don't wake up and do my routine. But um, if I don't do it, a lot of the anxieties, I, it helps me be in the present. If I don't do it, I start to worry about the past and worry about the future. And what I know is I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And the more that I dedicate my time in the morning to that practice, um, it really allows me to to have some of the, the biggest revelations about my business, where my business is today and where I want it to go. Love it. So we have a question from the audience. Hildy asked a question for the three of us, actually. So we'll start with Sean and then go around and share our tips. How much time do you budget daily to social media scrolling and social media content creating? She says she's struggling with both. That's Good great. Question. Yeah, I mean, I'm on my phone eight hours a day minimum. Um, the amount of time that I spend consuming content versus producing content Um, I try to spend as little as possible, probably 20% on the consumption side, because there are people that I admire and I respect and I learn from. So, I mean, it's when I think of Twitter, there's some amazing people that I follow on Twitter that they do Twitter threads. And it's some of the most insightful content that I read across all platforms. Um, There are some Instagram followers that I, you know, people that I follow and admire that I learn from Um, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. I'm always looking, but I try to spend less time looking and more time of what can I do to create content. And, you know, 
by creating content, I think one of the most important things is thinking of, like I said, be the show, not the commercial. It's how do you document what you do? How do I, and the reason why I call it smartphone storytelling is because I don't want people, business owners, business leaders to get caught up in all of the different tips and tricks and tactics and algorithm, all of the things that are going to prevent you from posting. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. The true way to grow is to get uncomfortable, to get raw, to do a video and to post it now. Mm -hmm. I don't do edits. I don't do scripts for my videos. I get on the roof. I have something I want to say. I'm <laughs> going to speak in Salt Lake City and for a conference of delivery professionals for 3,000 people. Please come out to Salt Lake City. We'd love to see you there. Here's the link. You know, come out and join us. I don't do that twice. I do it once. Mm -hmm. If I stuttered in the video, if I said something, if I said a wrong date, I'll do it again. But I get what it is. I do it and then I publish it. I don't spend time thinking about it. I don't spend time editing it. I spend time doing, publishing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we talk about the four P's and that's planning, producing, publishing, promoting. That's the cycle of being a, your own media company. Planning, producing, publishing, promoting. The problem is we spend so much time planning that we never produce and then we never hit publish. And once we hit publish, we publish and then we ghost, we go away. Mm -hmm. You've got to engage. That's how you promote the content. And then you redo the cycle. If you, are, if you can check email every single day, why can't you publish a video every day? If you can respond to text messages. If you can do inventory, if you can do, if you can do all of the things you don't like doing, just add this to the things you don't like doing. And what if you end up like doing it? You know, there's people that don't even speak. The most popular TikToker on earth doesn't say a word in his videos. Hmm. He has hundreds of millions of TikTok followers, brand deals like you wouldn't believe, tens of millions of dollars. He doesn't say one word in his videos. Who is that? Uh, Khabib. Wait say, wait, say it again. Khabib. His name's Khabib. Khabib. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll put that, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Uh, yeah. What, um, so I agree with you, like, um, less time scrolling, more time creating. I probably need to do a better job personally of taking like a show like this and adding more clips and using that content that's already done. Um, but I do spend significantly less time. I do like Twitter for following certain things, whether it be like my favorite sports teams influencers or people that are teaching me how to do things on like Twitch or live streaming where I learn from them and share with other people. So that's kind of what I do. I have to do a better job of maybe a little more creation and using the clips. That's for me. How about for you, Mandy? You know, I, I have a little system. I know you're probably all surprised I have a system, but I've got a little system. So I post in the morning and I post at night. So when I get done with my personal routine that I have in the morning before I sit down in my office uh, to start my work, I, my work as a part of my day is to post on all platforms at the beginning of the day. And then I always post before I shut it down at the end of the day, whatever time that might be. Now there's always things that pop up during the day. Like I have a, a lot of times, like my TikTok is a little bit of a rant. So a lot of times I'll have something that happens during the day that I'll get on TikTok, but a lot of times I will also, so Hildy for your question in the morning and the evening, but I think the other part, and, and Sean just touched on this, is the engagement. So I actually schedule an hour a day to engage on platforms. So, you know, I'll post, but if somebody on LinkedIn, somebody's making a comment, I always comment, but I want to be in those conversations because I feel that's how you grow. And I know, Sean, that's, you know, I learned that from you, quite frankly, is like, Sure, you can post all you want, but you want to engage. So I actually schedule time every day 
an hour every day to engage. Now it's not always the same time every day. I just try to make sure, and it's not always a 60 minutes at one time. You know, sometimes it's 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, but I, I try to schedule time to engage as well. But I definitely uh, produce, publish and engage like way more time than consume. In fact, my mom, who you just, you know, you just, they just saw before the show, my mom will be like, did you see that post that Vicky did? Or did you see that? And I'm like, I, I, I haven't seen anything. It's, I don't yeah. see anything until nine o'clock at night sometimes, but yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, I think we're all sort of on the same page there. Agreed. So yeah. Sean, I know one of the topics that you speak about, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong, Mandy can help me, is you feel like everyone is their own media company. Did I properly say that, Rick? Or did, is that kind of your correct. thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Why do you feel that's the case? And like, how do you, because I'm, I'm just thinking, like, how do you convince people that this is fact when they've been trained so much like, oh, no, that's a different department or that's not, you know, that's not my business or how do you convince people that this is, because I agree with you 100%. And this has been, it's like an uphill battle trying to convince people from the past that this is true. What are your tips and how do you convince people that this is fact? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things I'm a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, and one of the things he talks about is going to the app store and just looking at the most downloaded apps. You know, there's no more objective data that you can get than figuring out where is attention on the internet. And if you go to where the most attention is, it's the most downloaded apps. So whether that's TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or any of these social media platforms, that's where people are. You know, whether we like to think about it or not, I can tell you from personal experience across all of the apps that I publish on, and I try to be on as many apps as possible, publishing video, words, audio, and images. I try to, that's what internet storytelling is. It's being on those places. And back to our story is I wanted to be on legacy media. I thought that if I got our restaurant on legacy media, on the local news, on local magazines, on local radio, that it would solve all of my sales problems, all of my marketing problems. It didn't. We even got to the place where we are. I mean, this weekend, I'm going to be going on local KUSI news to talk about our Super Bowl and barbecue and tips to, that people can do for their house. I'm going to be on Fox 5 on Super Bowl Sunday. Those are all things that happened only once I took the power into my own hands, became my own media company, our own spokesman, because by having the courage to be your own media company, all of a sudden, it's not just my consumers. So it's not just the people that want to buy barbecue from me, all the people that have their own business that own an air conditioning company, a roofing company, a law firm, they all need social media too. They're all trying to figure out content. They're all trying to figure out digital marketing. They're all trying to figure out search engine optimization. They're all trying to figure out how do I get more customers? How do I get the clients that I want? How do I get the vendors I want? How do I get the location I want? All of the answers are all in our pocket. Never and ever and before in human history as business owners have we had this advantage where I can literally go on LinkedIn Live and connect with restaurant owners, sales professionals, marketing professionals from all over the globe. Why? Because LinkedIn built the platform for it. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on YouTube. Like We don't need to go and build that technology. It's already there. Before, as a business owner, you'd have to pay tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of, millions of dollars to be on NBC, to be on CBS, to be on any of these platforms that matter. But now there's YouTubers, literally Mr. Beast with hundreds of millions of YouTubers. He has more attention on one video than all of the local networks combined. All of the local news stations, literally, 
I don't care if you're in New York or if you're in San Diego, all of them combined, morning news, Mr. Beast is putting out content that will reach more people and have a bigger impact than all of them. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, I don't know what to tell you. And yes. and I think the bigger the big the bigger story here, and I, I think you you scratched on it, but I really wanted to resonate with our listening is Sean's barbecue place is in Spring Valley. I've been there. There's a lot of traffic on the road. It is delicious barbecue, one of his places. But he literally grew his business from one restaurant to five locations from taking the power into his own hands. So I'm actually curious for you, Sean, like how did you go from being the location in Spring Valley? Can you tell the story about how you got into Snapdragon? And I think you have two locations there. And for anybody watching or listening, Snapdragon in San Diego is a stadium. It used to be Qualcomm Stadium and now it's Snapdragon Stadium. So it's a big entertainment venue, sports uh, events, live music events. And Sean has two restaurants in that, right? Is that correct? Too? Yep, that's correct. So can you tell that story? Like, How did you get in there? Did you approach them? Did they approach you? And what has that experience been like for you? Yeah, I mean, the the amazing thing is when you're willing to get in this marathon, this content marathon of telling your story and getting better every single day at telling your story and improving your Yelp reviews and your Google reviews and the photos about your business and the videos about your business, the more that you make a commitment to that, guess where opportunities come from? When someone comes to San Diego and they're looking at expanding and they are they run airports and Terminal 2 is opening up in San Diego and there's a bunch of people bidding on that project. Well, somebody that doesn't live in San Diego, they're going to look for barbecue brands that are emerging barbecue brands. Where are they going to go? They're going to go to the Internet. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to Google. They're going to go to Safari. They're going to go to YouTube. They're going to go to Yelp. They're going to go to all of the places that we've been talking about and they're going to search for which brands are doing something that matters. Mm-hmm. Because that is the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. So we've been reached out by Snapdragon through LinkedIn, literally through my LinkedIn DM box, where people said, hey, we are opening up a brand new stadium, $35,100 million stadium in Mission Valley. And out of all of the restaurants, 3,000 restaurants in San Diego, we've selected eight. And you're one of the eight. You're one of the eight because of the, the, the barbecue that you built you know, the reputation that you have, but also your digital footprint and what you do in the community, because we can see what you do. We don't have to go and ask you. It's there. Google our restaurant, Google Cali barbecue and go through, you know, what's there for news articles? What's there for videos? What's there for images? Where do you show up? It tells you everything that you need to know about who we are and what we're building. We're building in public. You know, that's the, that's the advantage of being a media company is that you get to build in public and connect in public. So, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you will find your tribe if you're willing to be uncomfortable, if you're willing to publish content, and if you're willing to understand that you're not alone. No matter what, no matter, I don't care what you're building, you're not alone. There's yeah. somebody else on earth, if not tens of people, hundreds of people, thousands of people that will buy your course, sign up for what you're selling, and be a part of your tribe if you're willing to do the uncomfortable work of publishing. Yeah. So- for all of you listening, I mean, we're on LinkedIn right now. So yes. Sean inked a two restaurant, 35,000 seat stadium from a LinkedIn message. So if your LinkedIn account is not updated, get on there. If you are not posting consistently, yes. do that. Like it, it works. Like he's, he lives to tell the story. 
it works. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of go back to when you first came out, University of San Diego, I think it was mid 2000s. And I, I love asking this question, Manny knows what's coming, but I would love to get, you know, reflections. Like if you were going to talk to Sean 2006, compare uh, to if the Sean of 2023 is going to talk to the Sean of 2006, what advice would you give your younger self based on what you've learned so far? Uh, trust your gut. Mm. Understanding that whatever my curiosity is going to lead me to, my curiosity is right and it's wrong. So even when I'm wrong, I need to continue to stay curious. I need to continue to get involved and I need to continue to ask for help. Because when I graduated from sociology school at the University of San Diego, I thought I was going to be an attorney to make my grandfather happy. I applied to all three law schools here in San Diego and I was rejected by all three of them. It was more devastating for me to go tell my grandfather that I didn't get into school than it was for me about getting into school because I didn't want his disappointment. But he believed in me. He believed that this restaurant that I was going to chase was something bigger than a restaurant. I mean, I just got a DM from a friend of mine. He, he owns a local restaurant here in East Lake, Chula Vista, California. And he said, he, he DM me, he said, what did you do when you were working on your restaurant to make you, what, what did you do to inspire you to think bigger? Mm. And what I did was the stuff that I do every single day. It's I, I, I read things that inspire me. I surround myself with people that are doing great things that I admire. I ask them. Now that you have the internet, you can go DM somebody on LinkedIn. You can tweet at somebody. You can send them a DM on Instagram. People are, there's no more gatekeepers. It's up to you. Whoever inspires you, whatever, whatever message you're trying to get out, whatever you want to build, you want to start a podcast. Guess what? Amani and Mandy, they'll tell you, they'll tell you exactly <laughs> what it takes. Tell they'll you what tell it you takes. what they did right. They'll tell you what they did wrong. Talk to any podcaster. Those are, that's why I love podcasters is your internet publishers. Literally every single week we have to figure out how do we make the show better? If we make the show better this week than the next week. I mean, it took me five years to finally monetize our podcast. Mm-hmm. Five years of investing, of reinvesting, of taking money from the restaurant to this crazy idea saying we're a barbecue media company. I think yeah. that telling the business story, the marketing story of all these different people that I believe in, let's continue to invest in it. Let's find ways to grow the show, to go do, go to conferences, put on live events. How do we do all that stuff? Well, we do it because I'm crazy enough to believe in it. So if I go back to 2006, to your question, it's keep believing, keep Mm. dreaming big and stay curious. Okay. I love that. You mentioned reading. So before I I turn it over to Mandy, I always ask like, what are some books that you love to recommend to people? It can be um, personal development books. It can be fiction, nonfiction that you think people should just read that can really help them elevate their game uh elevation of your game well my favorite book is the alchemist and that's by paulo coelho Um, it's an absolutely incredible book it's about believing in the universe it's about understanding that all of the gifts are right in front of you yet we don't we don't see the treasures that are all around us every single day and it's to dream big dreams to understand that we're all on a big journey and uh whatever you think you're doing. You know, I just got, I was fortunate to interview Chris Doe, who's um, an incredible creative. Uh, He has 2 million followers on YouTube. He teaches creatives how to make money. Um, He's somebody that I've been following for a while, but I interviewed him for Restaurant Influencers, our show on Entrepreneur. And I was just talking to him about the creative process, you know, understanding the creative process and what are the things that make somebody stand out, what makes somebody have to make money 
in order to make money doing the things that we love, we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. I mean, so much of the things of the people <laughs> that I admire and I respect is that they're just willing to be uncomfortable. They're willing to fail. You know, how many times are you willing to fail? The Kobe Bryant's of the world, the Michael Jordan's, the Tom Brady's, they're all, they're the greatest of all time, but we, we don't talk about all the times they failed. Mm -hmm. no. We no. celebrate all the successes. You gotta, ha you gotta hang around people that are willing to fall down and look stupid, sound stupid, because those are the people that will continue to level up. And then you look back and you go, wow, look at where you've come. Yes. Well, yeah, go back and listen to the first podcast. Right, right. It's terrible. <laughs> yes. Great answer. Great answer. Thank you. Go ahead, Benny. Well, I was going to say, we did our test, our first test show live, because yes. we're like, we're going to screw up. Like, we'll take feedback. I mean, I think you just have to do that. But I, I want to ask you, um, I have a couple of questions unrelated to each other. But Sean, so for people out there that have a podcast, but they don't know how to monetize it or people out there that are like, whoa, entrepreneur magazine sponsors one of Sean's podcasts or how do, how do people go from having a podcast to having entrepreneur want to partner with them it, or how, how did you do that? Or how do, what are a couple steps you recommend people monetize? And I know we have to be consistent and things like that, but I'm just curious, like for you specifically, how did that, how did you transition into that? I mean, I think the, the best advice that I can give to creatives, to people that have already taken the, the long form storytelling leap, you know, consistently producing a podcast is long form storytelling consistently. Um, you know, there's only 1% of podcasters that monetize their shows. Uh, yeah. There's 3 million podcasts. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of creative people that are waiting for their first brand deal. Mm -hmm. You notice what I said? I said waiting. waiting. Yeah. Waiting. Yeah. 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 If there's the best advice that I could give, and that's to proactively build in what you're worth, build in what, because I spent so much time knowing that it was correct, but not being willing to ask somebody to sponsor me. I knew that it was right, but I didn't allocate resources and time to say and go, Hey, company that I believe in, that I already do business with, you know who I am. This is what I'm doing. Will you sponsor my show? This is what it costs mm -hmm. until I was willing to make that pitch deck. And the problem is when you first start, you don't have anyone listening, but you know, we have a, we have a mutual friend, Charlie Ebland, who started mm -hmm. single tree nation, an incredible mm -hmm. podcast. And he's asked for my advice and my advice was go get money, yeah. go get $15,000 a quarter, $5,000 a month. And a lot of people are like, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it should be a lot of money, but the amount of time and effort that you're going to put in to be in a media company, to be in a creative, this stuff is yeah. not easy to do. No. Every single week you have to dedicate time and effort and resources to do it. Every company on earth needs it. Every single company. I don't care what vertical you're in. Every company needs it. So if you have a storyteller, someone that understands storytelling at scale using Apple podcasts and Spotify and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn, all of the different places where all of the attention are, well, you should be doing brand deals. You should be reaching out to the people that you are, that already believe in you, that you're already doing business with and say, hey, let's do a content collaboration. Let's work together to not create an advertisement because I'm not telling podcasters to go make a radio ad. I'm telling them, go and do some integrated content where you're, you're doing something that's beneficial both for you and for them and for the guest and for the audience. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to do? Absolutely, it's hard to do. Is it possible to do? Yes. But five years from now, when we look back, when there's 10 million podcasts, 
there's going to be, that's a huge Delta from 3 million to 10 million. That's mm -hmm. a huge opportunity. And yeah. imagine if you start now, instead of waiting two years where you yeah. guys will be in 2025 compared to, you know, anybody else that starts in 2025, will there be more platforms? Absolutely. There'll be more platforms, but there'll also be more money because people aren't going to be spending the $7 million that they're spending on a Super Bowl commercial because attention's fragmented. It's fragmented across all these different platforms. Yeah. I love I love that answer. It's funny. We had Maurice Cherry on a couple of weeks ago and he started a podcast in 2005. Amazing. And and as you're talking about the numbers, I'm thinking like, you know, what if he started with his ad ad advertising in 2005? Like where would he be now? Like that's yeah. that's just a big span. When you look at it in that number of years, that's a big span. Um I want to switch gears uh and I know we all have a couple of minutes, but I I Sean, I use you as an example all the time. <laughs> all the time about our industry, right? Hospitality. And I think many industries talk about, we don't know where to find great employees. We don't know how to recruit. We don't know how to, like, I just don't know how to do it. But the reality is, is it's easy to do. And you've done a great job at it. And my favorite story about you is how you got up on the rooftop and you, you flipped your sides and you were looking for employees. So can you just share your philosophy on recruiting and where to find good people and how good people find you? Well, the easier the, the the sign example of me going on top of the roof, it's it's old school meets new school. So if you Google 8910 Troy Street, Spring Valley, you'll see the location of our restaurant. You'll see our village. Um, you'll see why we believe in the Internet as much as we do, because we're in the middle of nowhere. You know, we have tire shops and liquor stores and, um, you know, it's an industrial place. It's a commercial place, but you wouldn't expect to find Cali barbecue. That's where we're located. But I took a sign. Uh, cardboard paper from Staples, a marker and said, Cali barbecue is hiring. And I went on top of our roof. Now, if I went up on top of our roof and I stood there for an hour, there would probably be 45 cars that would drive <laughs> past our restaurant of those 45 cars. Maybe five of them would see this crazy, ridiculous guy on top of the roof. <laughs> but what I did was I had Steven Swiderski, my catering manager, ghost kitchen manager, another digital hospitality specialist, take my phone and do a video, a short form video, less than 15 seconds of me holding this sign. Now, where did I publish that? I published that on LinkedIn. I published on Instagram. I published on TikTok, published on YouTube, published on Facebook, add it to our email, add it to our website. Now, all of a sudden, those 45 people and the five people that would have saw it are now tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that not only see it, but they know somebody else that works in hospitality, that works in barbecue, that works in media, that goes, hey, there's this guy that's crazy enough to get on a roof. Didn't your niece say that she was looking for a job? <laughs> Why don't you go and have go have her talk to Sean? Mm -hmm. Someone DMs me, hey, my niece is looking for a job. I DM them back. I literally no longer post on Craigslist. I no longer post on Indeed. I no longer post on any of these job aggregate, aggregating platforms. I literally do it all through social. Mm -hmm. And I'm always recruiting. We're always hiring. We're always trying to find talented part people to our team. And because of it, we have a team of incredible people that are building not only our barbecue side, but our media side of our business. Okay. I love that. Who That's doesn't fun. want to work for a guy on a roof? Yeah. I, I mean, love yeah. that. Yeah. Love smart that. Child. Robin M in the audience. Thank you for tuning in. Um, saying how viable this is. Now's the time in the program, Sean, where we flip the script, so to speak. And you ask each of us one question. So you can start off with Mandy or myself, ask us one question. We'll answer, and then we'll come back to you with one final question. Amani, bring me back to uh, when you went live for the first time. How did you have the courage to do it? 
and what did you learn from doing it? Ooh, when I went live for the first time, it was early on in the pandemic because I do podcasting too, but that was all pre-recorded. You can edit it up. But uh, the first time I was just an interview for my podcast went live. It was it was okay. It wasn't the best or whatever. I would say uh, what I've learned from it is just kind of what you say, like repetition will win. Um, you can't learn it all at once. Like what we're doing now, we're using like OBS, open broadcasting software. We've got all these other monitors and these like stream decks and all this, like that takes a while to learn to get to. And only through practice and a lot of research can you add to it. But I would say um, just start with what you have, whether it's a iPhone camera, a, a webcam, whatever. Now I have like a Sony camera that really works well and just build on top of it. Like you're building a great foundation. You're learning what works, adding things here and there. And, you know, you can have like a legit, like television looking production once you learn a few things, you keep practicing, keep learning. And just if you're open to feedback, it can get even better. It doesn't take that long. Like this is what we're doing now is probably about two and a half years of just practice and learning. And we've come so far in such a short period of time. So that's how I would answer that question. Mandy, what did you learn when you discovered that you were your own media company? Ooh. I mean, what did I learn? I just learned the sky. We have to get you. I think we got to get you to answer again. So go ahead, because it was kind of a little choppy. So start I'll start from oh. the beginning and then go. Start from okay. the beginning. Go okay. Start from the very beginning. Okay. <laughs> I learned <laughs> I learned that the sky's the limit, that there are no limits, and that you can expand your business in any way you want. And I also learned that people like it when you screw up, not in a malicious way, but you're more endearing to people when you're just more real and honest. Like some of, you know, when I, you know, launched my book, some of the hits that I got more were the ones where I was just making mistakes, you know, and people, and people love that. And I, and I loved it too. Cause then I'm like, I don't have to be recording this all day. Like you said, I could do one 15 minute record. My hair may be in the wrong place. There might be lipstick on my teeth. Fine. It's fine. Those were the things that people really were interested in seeing. And um, that's when I got more engagement was when I was just truly more myself. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amazing. I think for my final question for you, Sean, it would really be like, what's next for you? Where do you like see yourself going in terms of professionally, both inside the restaurant, but also I'm really intrigued in terms of your speaking career and how you want that to grow? Like what's next when you think about the future? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a really exciting time for our barbecue business and our media business. We've, you know, really combined both of those. We're building a master media center and smokehouse. So transforming our full service restaurant into a, a media center and barbecue production facility, which will live stream on TikTok and Twitch and YouTube, all of the things like truly an open kitchen. So that at any point, somebody can just go on the internet and see what's happening in the barbecue facility, how the ribs are made, how the brisket's made, and they can order, you know, eventually get to a point where you can drop ship order no matter where you are on earth to say, hey, that's interesting to me. I'd love to have, I'd love to try some tri-tip. I've heard about California tri-tip. Um, I'd love to get one for Thanksgiving and then they're able to order it. And whether it's through Gold Belly or Uber Eats, that's how it gets shipped. On the media side, I think you know, working with a couple other collaborators, you know, Restaurant Idea Factory is something that's our newest show. I'm doing that with Kyle Jensen and uh, 
excuse me, Kyle and Sarah and Jensen Cummings. Um, but both of those guys are both at the top of their game in the restaurant hospitality space and teaming up with them and collaborating, you know, on something that I've learned on brand deals and how to get sponsors for our show that we have with Entrepreneur and having Toast as a title sponsor and Atmosphere. How do we continue to create content um, for other partners is something that's exciting. You know, so growing that show, going to trade shows, you know, disrupting the trade shows, because I think that there are a lot of good industry trade shows, but I think they're not doing a good job capturing content when they're there, um, which can help Andy, promote oh, the show. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. But, yeah. Um, and then also on the streaming side, you know, I think so much of the intellectual property, the things that we're creating, um, they're a chance for us to pitch netflix pitch amazon prime pitch these partners of knowing that content is everywhere and i think the content the curiosity that leads to the content that we're putting out um it is valuable and i think there are shows streaming shows in the future of what we're going to be able to do so a couple of points you made there um is that man and i have been talking about how different kind of uh trade shows or conferences are missing that streaming element where they have so much content they can bring like the third screen or the second screen their speakers onto someone else who can interview them ask them some in-depth questions so people from home can tune in they get more content it's just a really missed opportunity that we were talking about we just talked about that earlier we just talked about that before you came on like we're calling it next live or whatever yeah yeah And then you mentioned the kitchen, streaming the kitchen live on Twitch. I'm really big on Twitch. I love Twitch. Um, I follow someone who just streams them making pizza. It's a pizza parlor in Rochester, New York. And they have like 1,500 or 2,000 people every day watching them make pizza, engage with the stream. And it is amazing. And they're growing fast. So I need to to interview them for our show on Entrepreneur. I will will connect you with them. Please connect me with them. Pizza G. She's um, phenomenal. And her and her, I think it's her husband, co-own the the pizza parlor. And they have like 1,500 people there. And they're giving subs and everything. How how else, if you don't have the courage to be your own media company, to be on Twitch, to have your pizza parlor, now that's going to lead to them getting a feature on Entrepreneur. Like, this is the answer. Yes. For anyone that's listening, this is the answer to the internet. This is how ideas get spread. If you're willing to have the courage to be on Twitch, to be on TikTok, to be on podcasts, whatever you're doing, somebody's going to tell your story to someone else. And that will lead you to more opportunities, more business, and a bigger impact on whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Randy, what, what is your final question? I didn't mean to dominate so much, but I got so excited when you mentioned some of those things. So carry on. <laughs> I got excited too. That was a great question. Well, just my final question is, Sean, you mentioned him earlier in the podcast, in the, in the show. And I just want to know, I know you were close with your Bulgarian grandpa and he yes. had a big influence on you. What is one thing that you want people to know about him? It's the thing that I say on every show. It's the the thing that I say in every clubhouse. Um, For people listening, please join me and Mandy and Amani. He's been in the rooms with us as well. Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. on Clubhouse. Um, Some of the people that are in the chat, Dean and uh, Hildy, thank you guys for being there. Uh, We have an incredible group of people. And what we say every show, every clubhouse is stay curious, get involved, ask for help. So you wouldn't be consuming this content if you weren't a curious person. Curious people are the people that are willing to know that we don't know everything. We're trying to level up. We're trying to learn from other people that are inspirational. But then you actually have to get involved. You know, Mandy, you speak. I'm sure, Amani, you've you've done incredible keynote speeches. We're all teachers. Mm -hmm. When you teach, when I was a kid, I remember making fun of the kids that would raise their hand, making fun Mm -hmm. of the kids that were sitting in front of the class. 
That's the answer to life. Sit in front of the class, ask the questions, stay after, go to office hours. That's getting involved. When you hear something, you say, oh, I listened to Sean say to be your own media company. Well, that's great as a big idea. What's the next step? The next step is to do a selfie video and to publish it on LinkedIn where you're watching it. You know, if you've never done a selfie video, say, hey, my name's Sean. This is my first selfie video. I'm very awkward and I'm very I'm very scared to put this video out into the world. But I love restaurants. I love podcasts. I love media. If you want to connect, please connect with me. And then do it tomorrow and do it the next day. And then finally ask for help. You know, asking for help is one of the most difficult things to do, especially when we have the Internet at our fingertips and you can listen to podcasts and you can go on YouTube, you can read the books. But like if somebody inspires you, there's nothing preventing you from asking. What, what's the worst that happens? They just ignore you. Mm -hmm. Ask again. Yes. Ask again or ask somebody else. I love that. Those are those are lessons from grandpa, right? Those are stay, all lessons from grandpa. Yeah. Stay curious. Ask grandpa for help. Right yeah yes. tell us give that's a plug for his book i think that's a cool yeah. story too so this is uh how a bulgarian farm boy grew wealthy in la jolla california and i helped him write this book in 2003 uh, it's written by lubin walchef uh but yeah it's the story of a farm boy that his curiosity led him to an incredible life and now i have the ability to not only learn from him but you know one of the things i don't talk about a lot is how much he loved technology you know, when he was 73 years old and we started working on this book, he was at that time. And that was like back in early 2000s. Uh, he was looking for software that so he didn't have to type on a computer that he could just talk and then it would dictate literally yeah. transcription software that we voice use every single yeah. day, Vo yeah. voice yeah. text. Yeah. Um, but he was always trying to find the next technology that was going to make him better. And, you know, whoever's listening to this show. You have parents, you have grandparents, you have loved ones that you meet with every Thanksgiving, every Christmas. They tell the same story to you. And usually you roll your eyes or you go, oh, I've heard that. Don't roll your eyes. Become a journalist. Mm -hmm. Become a media reporter. Become a documentarian. Take out your phone and ask questions to make that story come alive and record it record it for yourself, record it for your loved ones. That is something that you will cherish for the rest. We have these tools and we just take them for granted. Yeah. Don't take the tools for granted. You have amazing stories with all the loved ones that you have. And once they're gone, they're gone. But I'm grateful that my grandfather, you know, he took the time to make sure that every boy that grows up in his village, that there's a, a book there that they can learn from and hopefully be inspired from. I love that. You're, you're right though. The most, uh, the video on TikTok, on my TikTok that has the most views is seven seconds of words of wisdom my mom gave one of my gal pals and I over lunch. And I was like, oh my God, I have to record that. Yep. And I thought I'll just show this on TikTok, not thinking of it. And then it went viral. Yep. And yeah, recording your family, your loved ones, man. Yeah, that's that's valuable. And I'm really happy you have that book from your grandpa, with your grandpa. That's really powerful. Yeah. Well, Sean, we first want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy day to share your wisdom and expertise with us. I mean, this has been a very quick one-hour masterclass. Um, I definitely have adopted some things that I'm going to definitely implement in terms of my daily media creation strategy. I'm sure Manny has as well. Uh, we look for, I look forward to meeting you in person one day, too, Absolutely. because you're close. And um, I'll let Manny take us home. We have your Instagram there so people can follow you. Mandy, any final thoughts before we turn it over to you and I? No, I mean, just thank you for being here, Sean. And when Sean says Clubhouse, I know you guys think we're crazy, but it is <laughs> it is the best 
Mastermind. Sean leads the best free mastermind on Clubhouse, 10 a.m. Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Fridays. You will not regret it. So if you're wondering about anything, just tune in and listen on or and, and join us. Get on stage. On, get on stage yeah, and tell us. Get on stage. Story. Yeah, Wednesdays and Fridays. But thank you, Sean, for being here. And thanks for being a leader and what you're doing. I've personally learned so much from you and I continue to learn Straight from up. you. So thank you. Thank there you. you go. Round of applause here. We'll do that. And thanks again. Uh... Thank you for tuning in to Adventures in Business. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast on the platform that you're currently listening it on. And don't forget to share it with your friends and anybody that might be as much of the business nerds as Amani and I are. See you next time for another captivating interview.